0: Welcome to Vicious Whispers with Mark Tullius, your source for horror, sci-fi, suspense, and all things violent.
1: Thank you guys so much for joining me today on Vicious Whispers. Today at the end of the episode, I will play a short story from Twisted Reunion. Kind of jump ahead to the end because I want a good one. I want, a, I want one of my favorites. I believe that one will be... Yeah, let's go with Shades of Death. Maybe next week we can play Book of Revelation. That one's a little bit longer. I like that one too. That's the second to last story, but today we'll go with kind of a shorter one. Shades of Death. Enjoyed that one. But first, pretty crazy week. Pretty different from last week. Last week, I took first place in Duolingo. Very proud of that. Put a lot of time into it. This week, I'm at the very bottom of that league. That's all right. Just didn't have as much time. Wasn't as interested in it. I was doing great. on working out through the weekend. I think on Monday as well, but my neck has been out of limb for a while. I took off a couple of days, finally got adjusted, which was awesome, went to my new chiropractor, Dr. Wong. He's awesome, my wife needed adjustment, my daughter, Liv didn't, but my son also did. So we all got adjusted, but that also meant another day of not working out. So, but again, I tell myself, I'm fine. I'm dealing with stress okay. If I don't work out, that's all right, I, I'm busy, right? So on Thursday morning, I finished, Trying not to die at death fest. And when I say finish, as far as my part right now, Glenn's looking over everything, it's all really clean. He's gonna make it even better. We still have to finish up some of the lyrics. My friend mccor's son, McCor was on here a long time ago. We did a heavy metal podcast, but his son Luke, who is at uh, Lerna, their High School, I was at their horror club that he helps run. Um, anyhow, Luke is helping write the songs. I was having a very hard time. He's a musician, really good guitarist. And so those songs are nearly done. That's helping the book. So pretty much saying, okay, finally finish this book. It's been forever. Finish it. Yay! Let's be happy. Let's celebrate. But what ended up happening, because very excited about going straight to Ghostland now. So now I can finish trying to die at Ghostland. I wrote to Duncan last week explaining again, like hey man, I'm sorry, it's just taking me forever to get this other shit done. I really want to get on your book. But backed up. He completely understood so that was good that made me feel a little better but yeah so yesterday sh- should have been a really really cool day i was also going to finally format the paperback for wild west get that ready sent off that didn't happen yesterday a couple of the other things i wanted to happen did not happen and that's because i was in a super duper <laughs> bad place Maybe not super duper, let's just say super. I was in a, I was in a very bad place. I was, yeah, I was angry. Very, very angry. Very, very sad. Crying for no reason. And that part always makes me even more angry. Didn't matter how loud I put on music. Didn't matter what was going on. Like I was having a, a really bad, let's just, let's call it a TBI day. Those are TBI type symptoms. You know my wife always points out to me like oh well maybe you'd be acting that way anyhow maybe you'd be feeling this way anyhow if you hadn't had all these tbis maybe but these are all symptoms these are all things that i have researched i know where my brain is at i've seen in tbi or cte i show the my first brain maps which were fucking awful which proved to me and, and it was super depressing that yeah i was dealing with uh I've had so many TBIs over my life, and I was dealing with the, the damage, the results. So even though I wasn't aware of it, I had a shitload. So my have 2 scores, my auditory, my visual, those were both really low. And we did the QEEG, which shows you your brain, you know, what levels everything's firing at. I got to see my frontal lobe was severely under-functioning, you know, and other stuff too. But that handles, that really is a part of where that deals with emotional regulation which explained why my emotional regulation was a mess you know and if I'm not doing things to take care of myself like the exercise to blow off stress you know whatever else then I will get to these points where all of a sudden I'm shit, telling everyone hey you got to stay away from me and I'm not doing it in a nice way because I'm fucking in a terrible terrible place so that was the majority of the day. My son came home. He had a very bad day at school. Didn't want to go to school in the morning. I think that probably caused a little bit more stress. He's been dealing with a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. He called, came home at eleven thirty. My wife got him, and so he was around two for it. And you know, part of me wanted just to stay in my room where I was safe and hide, but you know, he wanted a cuddle. He wanted to give me love. I was able to explain to him. You know, because early in that morning when I dropped him off at school, I was telling him, hey, man, you know, you're, you're crying. Do you want to wipe those tears before you're going to school and this and that? And so I was able to cry in front of him and be like, hey, I hope you don't think what, what I was saying earlier was wrong, that, you know, that you shouldn't cry, that it was wrong to cry. I just didn't want you to be embarrassed if your friends were going to tease you. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with a man crying, with sharing emotion and all that. Had an awesome talk with my wife about just how bad I can get. You know, it wasn't a wasn't a fun talk. It's not, it's not fun saying, hey, yeah, I can't be trust right now, or I'm I'm scaring myself, and I'm in a super bad place, and just leave me alone for right now. But it was it was good. It was you know, it was a positive day. I also shared a post on the concussion what is it i always get the name wrong it's five o'clock in the morning i'm pretty tired the brain injury group that rico was he's the moderator of he was on the podcast maybe a month or so ago maybe a little bit longer anyhow i shared the message on there about trying to spin a very 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 negative day into something positive by sharing it that helped a lot and during the day, I'd also had two conversations with two people from that group who were interested in the TBI book. One, both very, very positive interactions, both also a little bit sad. Um, so that helped as well. But later in the day, after after smoking weed, after finally, like, and that was probably one of the problems too, I was trying to get through this all sober, but maybe... Three thirty. After I picked up my daughter, because this—that was one good thing about this week. I wasn't smoking nearly as much weed. Now I'm doing using cannabis more on the weekends, but during the week I'm not. I I told myself I didn't want to be using it like I had, so I'm not using it in the mornings or early afternoons during the week. And but I smoked. I think probably three thirty, and then all of a sudden, felt much much better. Was able to think about things. Had a better talk with my wife a great talk with my friend Carl and who's uh, was also super supportive but I think that's a big part of it for me Is like okay I'm not going to try to just hide this shit I'm not going to do it on my own you know and then I did a TikTok I did a live TikTok not that there are a lot of people watching because that's my first TikTok I don't know what the fuck I'm doing but it was on TBI or CTE and just what a terrible day it was so you know, I was proud of myself for that for re- being willing to share being willing to be vulnerable talking about it on here. Like really, who gives a fuck? I don't care if someone thinks I'm less my man because I cried. I don't think, you know, there's lots of things, reasons why I don't like talking about TBI. I always feel like one, if I'm talking about it, that means I'm promoting the book and I don't want to be doing that. Another one is, you know, low self-esteem, not feeling like I'm an expert, even though I spent all this time researching it and I did fix up my brain so much. I uh, you know, don't like talking about it, even saying, oh, well, I played football because I was a shitty football player. I wasn't a very good football player. Same thing with being a fighter. I never liked saying I was a fighter because I was not good at it. So I kind of feel like, oh, who am I to say, you know, I was a fighter when I sucked. But all that said, yeah, I'm glad that I talked about it yesterday. I'm glad that I shared. I'll do more of that. It It is helpful. It helps me. It helps the people in these different groups that are dealing with this stuff. But that's definitely part of also why I think I was having a hard time was because I've been, you know, I see what they're going through and these people, the majority of people that I'm seeing their posts have things much, much worse. They had more severe TBIs, probably over a longer period. Lots of these guys played professional football, bad accidents at work, whatever it was, or they hit their head, car accidents, and now their life is turned upside down, so knowing how serious it is, knowing the consequences, thinking about my friends that have passed, that have, you know, shared their story with me, hard. So uh, yesterday after smoking, I was thinking about stuff. I'm like, okay, well, why, you know, why was it so bad? I know, I know exercise was part. I know me not exercising definitely had a lot to do with it. Didn't do any breath work, didn't do any meditation those three days. Those things would have helped me. But what was it? What was it that was getting me into it? fucking awful awful mood and then i realized it was from seeing fucking dana white's power slap not not him hitting his wife don't even want to talk about that who knows how many times it's happened that was one time it got caught on the camera right but he says he paid the price for it anyhow this person has his power slap thing and it's on tbs which is crazy I saw it only because I don't watch much TV. I only saw it because I follow Dr. Chris Nowinski on the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And he was sharing clips of power slap where two guys stand there or two women stand and just hit each other in the face as hard as they can. And Chris was sharing some of the nasty knockouts where these people have, they just got a really, really bad TBI. You know, he put on one. It's like, who knows if this person will ever be the same again? And so I've been resharing it. I didn't spend a lot of time with it. But those images, the it's the same reason I don't watch the NFL. I don't watch little kids playing football. I don't really care to watch MMA that much anymore. Same goes with the, the strikes, Eddie Bravo's um, combat jiu-jitsu, where people are doing palm strikes. I, I have a hard time watching it. I enjoy it. I appreciate the martial arts part of it. I enjoy the competition. I would have been one of these people. In this, I actually showed it to my son yesterday only to explain to him, said, hey, man, look, this is part of why dad was in a really bad place yesterday. You know, we had a good talk about TBI and, and just what my levels are at. The great thing is this doesn't happen very often, right? So stressing that again too, making sure you feel safe. But he apologized several times for coming home from school because he sees me angry. He sees me a mess. He sees me, you know, and even if that's just, and I had the same talk with my wife and my daughter, like, hey, if you see me walk around the house and I have a scowl on my face or I'm I'm angry or whatever it is, don't assume (laughs) that I hate you, that I'm mad at you. You know, I was telling my son how none of that yesterday had anything to do with him. But it was just, I was in a terrible place and I'd been what. here's what I was watching, here's what it made me feel like. And before I even told him what it made me feel like, I said, hey, I was like, you know what, this is something that I was watching today. I'd want. i like to know how you think it made me feel. You know, just to see if he thought whether or not I would enjoy it, if I would like it or whatever else. And we watched a couple and it made me sick again and I had turned it off. I got through three slaps and uh, again, even though I was in a good place, I was flooded with these emotions of disgust and just a lot, a lot of bad shit. So, you know, and I also had the chance to talk to him about like, yeah, I'm, I'm the type of, and I don't even want to say a type of idiot. I'm the type of person. I'm the type of person that would have done it for sure. Yeah. I was signed up to do a bare knuckle boxing match against a Russian champion for $10,000 when I had no boxing experience. So I did not give a shit about myself. I was taking fights against guys that were obviously much better than I trained when I didn't know shit. So I would have been the person to sign up for the power slam. Like, why not? I wanted to do tough man contests. I wanted to do anything. I was suicidal. I didn't give a shit. So I didn't care about any kind of brain health. And also thinking, oh, I'll be fine, you know, right? But um, anyhow, I get why the contestants are doing it. You know, I think everyone should be able to do whatever they want with their body, as long as it's not hurting someone else, whether that's drugs, whether whatever, as long as it's not impacting someone else negatively, then whatever, do what you want. So I'm not going to say, you know, they should ban this or although it fucking should shouldn't be on TV. <laughs> I don't think it's, <coughs> it should be on TV. Anyhow, I'm not going to support it. I'm not going to watch a hundred percent. This is, I'm just kind of sharing this too. One, because I want to bitch about the program, but two, just for people that do are sensitive to stuff that maybe are dealing with TBIs or prone to depression or whatever else, be very, very careful of what content you're consuming. Whenever I get share stuff that makes me angry, if it's whether it's videos of cops beating people or say something else, you know, just shit that whatever triggers me then I have to deal with it. So I have to be very careful with what I am consuming and I will try to work on that. This is a good reminder. So, But good thing is, again, got through it, tried to spin it positive. End of the day ended up being good, but yeah very trying day and another positive that came out of it is i called up vital head and spine in pasadena where i'd done all my n- neurofeedback before and i'm making an appointment to do another round i'm going to have my brain scanned again then all or mapped and then i will do another round of neurofeedback also going to have my son have his brain mapped neurofeedback did a wonder for my daughter when she was at my son's age and so like okay let's try it let's see what his brain's looking like if it could use any help if it not and and go from there so i'm excited about that making positive proactive changes i don't want to wait for the next time you know because what if what if yesterday when when i'm this angry fucking rage monster can't control his emotions what happens yesterday if someone cuts me off you know or says something to me or looks at me wrong or i say something to my wife or fuck, who knows so i do not want to be in that position i don't want to be in that place all right, let's go on to some more positive shit. I guess that's all positive, though. Whatever. It is, it's life, right? I know so many of my readers, so many people that I watch this have shit way, way worse than me. You know, it's one reason why I don't like to talk about stuff too. I always feel so fortunate. I'm fortunate to one, have a house, I'm fortunate to, you know, by be financially stable, unfortunate to have my family intact, you know, unfortunate to have my parents. I'm fortunate to have so many things. You know to have improved my brain to not be that bad to so i don't like talking about shit. i don't want pity i don't want sympathy That that's definitely not why i'm doing it it was really cool to have my friend carl you know writing back and forth with me, with me. that helped a lot you know show like that but that's not why i'm putting out these videos i'm not putting out these videos so uh, yeah so you guys feel sorry for me for sure not so i'm doing it because i want you to realize okay Fuck, yeah, maybe so and so is dealing with the same thing. Oh, maybe my husband's got that. Oh, oh, my son, shit, he played soccer all through college and now he's always angry and he's always forgetting stuff. And who knows what it is? But just trying to share that and then also a way to, you know, encourage you to spend a super hard day into something positive. Yesterday, that was a battle. That was a fucking battle. I had told myself, you know, I was going to also exercise and I still couldn't get myself to do that. I couldn't get myself to sit down and do yoga. I couldn't, I was too much too much i i'd already gone too far but hopefully this helps someone and that's what i'm sharing all right now let's talk about some better shit uh try to die try not to die in the wild west that is still on bella i'm not sure what episode we're on i think it might be 10 or 11 i think we got about seven episodes left if you haven't been checking that out and you're in the u.s jump on that oh 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 all right so it's not official I was supposed to do the contract yesterday to make it official but i didn't get it done but i think it's close enough to official to where we can call it if things change things change but i wrote to in an, an author on sunday i think it was sunday i would had a message i I'd had a note on my pad to do it for a long time duncan ralston had recommended him when i talked to duncan months and months ago about other authors that maybe we should invite to try not to die so I was like, mm. I was like, eh, who's going to want to work with me? That's how I always feel. I always put myself down so much. It's like, you know, everyone else has got their own work. Who's going to want to write a Try Not to Die with me? But I wrote to Gage Greenwood. He has the big hit, Winter's Myth, that was on Bella. Now it's going into everywhere else. I wrote to him, say, hey, what about we do a Try Not to Die in your world? Yeah, I made a pretty attractive package, and he was interested. So we had two more emails, and... Now we got another author. Also signed a contract with Pat, which is awesome. But you know, we got down, we he decided what his thing is gonna be. I had to turn down number one idea of his because it was too similar to another book. Because there's fucking 30 in there now. I just updated my list of contracts and there are 30 try not to die. We'll get back to that in a second, a little overwhelming, but it's all good. It's all good, it's so nice. Like now, I was like, okay, I got Wild West coming out. It's on Velo right now, but that'll be out in paperback in a couple months. And then Death Fest is gonna be right behind it. Actually having a Death Fest tattoo design right now, and I'm probably going to get it on myself. It'll be in the book. I'll also have Death Fest stickers or, or tattoos, temporary ones, fake ones, but I think I'm not actually gonna get the whole tattoo right there. We'll see. I don't want to interfere with training. I'm gonna start training again too, but I think that's gonna be awesome. And then Duncan's book will be out later this year. We're gonna have some other ones this year. So, and then it's just gonna be like that until I get these books done. Out of those 30 contracts, I would say 100%, 20 of them will be finished unless I die prior to it. Although I'm already setting up my daughter, I'm like, hey, if I die early, you gotta finish this shit for me. Um, But we'll see if that happens. Well, not if I die early, hopefully I won't die early. Hopefully I'll die late but whatever. We'll see. Whenever I die, it was meant to be. I've already accepted that. I'm cool with it. I don't need religion to help me with that either. I'm all I'm all right. So yeah, if I do die, it's been fun, and I'll talk to you guys later. No plans on doing that. Definitely not going to do it to myself. Don't think about it like that, please. I'm just saying you never know what's going to happen. Anyhow, so at least 20 books in the Try Not to Die series. That's pretty awesome i'm excited about that i'm happy about that i'm incredibly grateful for all these different co-authors there's still one more contract i do need to do and that's with ashley a.e santana and then i think that's pretty much it because i have so many on top of that i still have four books in the messiah series two and a half which are already worked on quite a bit and uh, yeah trilogy on my back and i have our fucked up little family and so I have a lot of stuff, but <clears throat> I need to be in a good place to create. I can't be in the place I was yesterday. I got nothing done yesterday. So that's another incentive for me to keep my shit together. But great news. Everything's expanded. I know, I'm convinced it's going to be successful. There 20 books in the series. How's it not going to be? So especially because these are going to be really good books. I'm excited about Death Fest. I'm excited about Wild West. I think Ghostland's gonna be fucking awesome because I've already read Duncan's (laughs) story. Like it is awesome. So yeah, they're just gonna get even better and I will keep going with that. And speaking of Duncan, who is gonna be the featured author in today's newsletter, he just put out, I know it took him forever to get this done, had a lot of problems with formatting, a lot of shit like that, but he stayed on it and he put out his Ghostland Ghost Hunter edition. Which is super cool so it's all three of the ghostland books this omnibus edition contains the entire ghostland trilogy including the prequel new chapters and all new post-credits scene i think some deleted scenes the bonus ghost hunter guide entries and interior work and some of the characters from try not to die in ghostland are like some of their backstories and all that is going to be in there which is really cool so If you want to check that out, go to, I believe it's DuncanRalston.com or find him on Amazon or look at the newsletter. I will have the links to his stuff because I really enjoy it. The last one of his I read was Skin Flicks. (laughs) Really disgusting. Kind of funny. Cringy. But well written. I really enjoy his writing. I think next I'm reading Gristle and Bones. I'm a slow reader because I'm trying to write, I guess, is a lot of it in family stuff. But... Right now, I'm reading Nunchuck City by Brian Asman. That one is very funny. And then I'm going to go to back to Duncan stuff with the Gristle and Bones. I probably should put some other authors in there. But because I read so little, I try to read my friend's stuff. Why not? So it's fucking just as good, if not better, than anything else that's out there. So that is why I will continue to read it. I enjoy it. All right, guys. I'm tired of talking. You know the drill. It is... Friday morning, early, this is 540. I'm gonna edit this, put it up, write a newsletter. This is all stuff I would have liked to have done yesterday, but we already talked about why that didn't happen. So that just means I gotta get on it today. So let's do it. Let's go out on the story from Twisted Reunion. I believe I said we're gonna go with Shades of Death. So let's do that. Hope you guys enjoy the story. This is narrated by T. Quoen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. I hope you have a much better day than I did yesterday. I'm sure you will. you listen listening to this, right? So, yeah, you're going to be all happy and excited and maybe cursing a little bit more, but it's all good. All right, guys, have an incredible week, and I will talk to you later. Peace.
0: Shades of Death. I wake, the concrete cold against my cheek. Everything's black. I can't see my hand even though my palm is touching the tip of my nose. I have no idea how I got here. I don't even know where here is. I'm indoors, that much I'm sure. I remember being at home, falling asleep on the couch. Somebody must have grabbed me. Maybe the feds. But I don't think so. And This isn't a cell. I smell something cooking. Maybe chicken? Someone says something in Spanish. Julio must have found out I can't ever pay him back. Seems like my head would be sore from a knock on the head. Or I'd be groggy from being drugged, but I can think fine. I just can't see. I whisper, hello? My voice bounces right back. There has to be a wall pretty close. I whisper again to the right and then straight up. Each time, the same echo. No wind, just my voice and the one in Spanish. It's a guy. He's laughing now. (laughs) Or maybe he's screaming. And my eyes start to adjust. It's not completely dark. On the wall in front of me, there are the outlines of two large rectangles. It looks like someone carved through the wall with the thinnest laser, so just the hint of sunlight could tease me. I get to my knees. I'm not tied up. I stand and take a step to the left. The tiles cool against my fingers and a bit damp. I stick out my arm. I wave it back and forth as I inch towards the smaller rectangle. There's no sound other than my shuffling feet now. No laughter, no Spanish, just my hurried breath. I'm so close, I'm close enough to see the rectangles a window with the drawn shade. The fabric's disgusting and sticky, and I imagine a web of a giant spider whose feet are silently scurrying across the ceiling. I know there aren't giant spiders that prey on people, but my mind prefers to think of eight-legged death than whatever is on the other side of the wall. As far as the explanation for how I got here, I'm guessing it's pretty bad. If it really is Julio, I'm fucked. I need to know where I am. So I tug and release the shade, and a bright fluorescent light from another room blinds me. I assumed I'd see a streetlight or some trees somewhere to escape. It takes a moment for my eyes to adjust to the harsh light. The other room is larger. There's no furniture. There's just a naked Hispanic man cowering in the corner, his belly round and legs so spindly it looks like he might collapse. No sound carries through the window, so I can't hear his panicked yells as he waves his hand at the two snarling pit bulls in the corner of the room. The dogs bare their teeth, snap at the man. There's a speaker above them. The second I see it, the savage barking comes blaring into my ears. It's coming from behind me, another speaker in my room. I turn back to the window. The blue brindle drips bloody saliva onto the tiled floor next to a stringy piece of raw meat. The man moves in my direction, and I see where that morsel came from. He's missing a large chunk of his right thigh. The white bone glistens under a layer of shredded tendons and muscle. The man spots me. He's screaming in Spanish. The black pit leaps, clamps its jaws shut on the man's left hand. It tears through the index and middle fingers, gulps them down like a tasty treat. The man tries to run, pushes off with his injured leg, slips on the slick tiles, and hits the ground. The pit attacks, but the man kicks out with his good foot, nails the dog square on its nose. The other pit snaps at the man's mangled hand, but he draws it back just in time, punches the pit's massive head. Both dogs are stunned, and the man's back on his feet, hobbling toward me. He waves me away, his mouth's open but I can no longer hear his screams. Someone's controlling the speakers. He's reaching to the left of the window, towards an outline of the larger rectangle. It has to be a door, but I don't feel a handle. Still, I brace myself against the rectangle. Sorry, but I can't let in the dogs. His contorted, sweating face is staring back at me. I can't look at him. On the back wall behind him are two windows, black shades drawn. In the middle of both, there's a door with a shiny silver knob. I point to it, but he doesn't seem to comprehend. The dogs are back after him. The black pit flies through the air, turns its enormous head to the side, chomps down on the man's right hamstring. The other latches on his arm, thrashes back and forth. The man keeps his eyes on mine, his jaw set and his brow furrowed as he drags the dogs toward the glass. The black pit loses its grip, then charges and bites down on the man's Achilles, snapping it in half. Somehow the guy keeps coming, bent over like an old man dragging a ball and chain. A chunk of meat tears free from his leg and he stumbles forward. His forehead slams into the middle of the window. I feel the faint vibration, but I still can't hear anything. His tortured face slides down the glass, leaving a trail of sweat and blood. He disappears below the window. The door shakes. I move back, put everything I've got into blocking it. Feeling like a coward, I yank down the shade and throw myself back into darkness. I slide down the door and scream, Stop shaking! I've never been so scared. I tell myself the dogs aren't getting through that window. I tell myself the man's suffering is over. I wait for a minute. Two. I'm sitting on a damp spot. Is it sweat? Piss? I slide my finger along the floor. I can't see. It doesn't smell like urine. I fucking hate dogs. I got bit when I was three, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. I can't stay in here and wait for whatever this asshole is planning. Am I next? This isn't Julio doing this. He's fucked up, but not like this. I've got to get out of here. Why didn't I think to look around this room while it was lit? I could have planned something. Instead, I'm sitting here like a scared kid without a nightlight, not about to open that shade above my head. I'm not daring those dogs to attack. I get up, drag my hand along the wall. I hope I'll find a knob, a button, something. Finally, I find another shade. I don't believe in God, but I'm praying as I yank on the shade. The room's identical to the dog room. It has the same two windows at the back, each with the same black shade drawn and the same shiny doorknob. But this time there's an athletic twenty-something lying on his stomach in the right corner. He's naked besides a silver necklace his face buried behind the crook of his muscular arm. There aren't any dogs. I knock on the glass, hoping the guy can help. He doesn't stir. I back up and throw my weight against it. He still doesn't move, so I do so again, and something pops in my shoulder as I bounce off the window. He twitches. Come on, come on, you big fucker, get up. The man moves his arm, uncovers his face, the entire left side flush against the floor. He opens his eyes and stares at me. I wave him over. Come on! With the side of his face still against the floor, the guy places both palms on the ground and pushes. It looks like he's doing some kind of push-up where he keeps his head close to the ground, his neck strains, and the skin on his cheek pulls. Half an inch, an inch, the skin continues to stretch. He jerks his head, and the skin tears, a large patch stuck to the floor, the rest dangling from the side of his face. As he gets to his feet and staggers over, I see his entire body is blistered, rivers of sweat running between the bubbles. The crucifix hanging from its silver chain glows bright over the man's chest. A crazed, deranged look fills his wide eyes. Two more lurching steps and he falls to a knee. Patches of skin are missing from his forearm and thighs. Steam rises from his head. He says something I can't hear. I point to the wall. Try the door! He shakes his head. The crucifix burns brighter. The steam rising off his head thickens. My room is still cold and damp. Even the glass is cool. He keeps coming for me, waving me away from the window. His feet leave patches of flesh with each step. I spin away. The light from the furnace room illuminates the walls. There's the shiny knob. I can't see the door, only the knob. I grab it and twist it, but it only spins in my hand. It's hard to see in the shadows, but I can't make out any cracks in the walls, no sign of a door. I turn as the light dims. The blistered man's steaming silhouette fills most of the window, blocking out the fluorescent lights. I feel like an ass, but I wave him away and turn my back on him. He stays there for another second and then falls to his knees. The light in his room flickers out. My heart's racing. What the fuck's happening? Someone turned off those lights. When would my light go on? What's going to happen when it does? Maybe I'm just here to watch, but I'm pretty certain that I'm not just a witness. I keep feeling the wall, but there's no other door. There has to be an entrance here. I got in here somehow. Was, was it through the one with the dogs? I reach the corner and suddenly hear water. I keep moving. My foot splashes. I keep moving. The water hits my ankles. I keep moving. I'm back at the first window when the water reaches my shins. I drop to my hands and knees and feel along the tile. There's a current. It's coming from close by. I find the grate where the water's coming from. It's being pumped up from below. I place my ass over it, but it's not enough. Not even with my palms helping to block. The water's at my chest now. I have to cover the vent. I strip off my shirt and wad it up and place it over the grate. But I still feel the water pulsing through. My pants are off next, even though I'm sure they're useless. I'm naked, and I think of the men in the other rooms. Were they forced to strip themselves just like me? The water's rising fast. It's at my neck. I have a minute or two before the room will be flooded. I paddle with my arms, push the water out of my way. The fuck do you want? I keep asking that, but there's no answer. I'll give you anything. Whatever you think I've done, I'll make it up to you, I swear. The water touches my chin, but I continue moving. The bright outline of a rectangle blinks to life in the middle of the back wall. It's the lower third shimmering under the water. I start swimming. I'm a few yards from the wall when I surface and take a deep breath. The water doesn't seem to be rising, but there's a hissing sound, and the pungent smell of chlorine sweeps over me. I write it off as chemically treated water, take one more breath. The metallic taste of pepper and pineapple stings the back of my throat. My scalp and face start to burn. I lower my head close to the water, shut my eyes. My face no longer burns the back of my neck does. I've seen enough of the History Channel to know what chlorine gas can do. My feet can't touch the floor any longer. I just float. The water's stopped at the top of what looks like another window. I plunge my hand to pull the shade, but there's nothing there, only slick, unbreakable glass. I surface to breathe and everything burns. Plunging deeper, I feel relief. The shade shoots up the other side of the glass, and a woman, someone I've never seen, stares at me. She's still clothed. It's just starting for her. I scream for her to help, and I point to the glass, tell her to get something to break it, but she backs away. My ears are ringing. I try to float to the surface, but the water's at the ceiling. I keep my eyes locked on the woman's. She only takes another step back from the window, and I don't blame her. Maybe I'm her first window. Maybe she'll find a way out.